Time to saddle up, partners, and hit the trail onto the twisted road of fake history. Over the rolling plains, through sagebrush and cactus, and straight into the wild and problematic tales of the Old West. There it is, just over the ridge. You're headed straight into another episode of Hoofbeats in My Heart for a third time. There ain't no ifs, ands, or buts with the hoofprints on my guts from all them hoofbeats in my heart for a third time. Episode 2, Ruby Who? It seemed that Ruby Buckaroo caught hoofbeats in a heart from Marshall Brown who's contagious now they must stay apart Except the doctor was lying He used it as an excuse Just to guarantee The marshal joins the doctor's crooked ruse You're shooing away Ruby Buckaroo? You're correct, Colonel. And you've got Marshall Brown joining up with our show. That's right. So then, the key around Marshall Brown's neck has to be mighty important. Yep. I done straightaway spotted that there key for what it be. And? It's a dang master key for to open strong boxes with negotiable bonds. Remember? Hold on there, Doc. I got it in my pocket. That newspaper article. The government is storing a million dollars in negotiable bonds at a bank in the town of Pencil Point. Our next show is in Pencil Point. How do we get the key from the marshal? I done gave Marshal Brown a part in our show. We hold that there key for him because he's wearing a costume. And while the traveling show is performing, and while the whole dang town is in the theater a watching, we mosey over to the bank, open the lock on that there strong box, and make our getaway for anybody's got the notion we're even missing. Uh, pardon me, gents. We done paid for this private lock room, waiter, and we already got our drinks, so pull that there curtain back closed. No need to get your wig a-twirling, mister. There's a lawman outside this room says he's looking for you two gents. Want me to throw a tablecloth over him and fetch a chair over his dang head? No need, waiter. We're expecting Marshall Brown. Show him in. And here's a gold piece to keep that curtain shut real tight this time. Well, dang my melt, mister. For this much cash money, me and the other waiters we can build you a brick wall with a padlock to keep you shut in for good. The curtain will do. Please call in the marshal. Hey, lawman! Them two fellers you're looking for, they's in this here room! My thanks to you, sir. What do I owe this establishment for my teacup of buttermilk? Soon as a bartender gets himself up off on the floor from laughing, I'll let you know. Pull yourself up a chair, marshal. Greetings, Dr. Blisser, Colonel Bucket, sir. You have decided to come aboard the Blister and Bucket highly first-rate traveling theatrical show, correct? Yes. Yes, I have, gentlemen. 
I've made reference to my Federal Marshal's manual, and there on page 214, naturally, it clearly states that a United States Marshal shall suspend his official law enforcement duties for up to three weeks to tend to his marginal health. Which in this case coincides with you, Dr. Blister, and your intention to closely study me and ferret out the reason for my virulent and infectious strain of hoofbeats in my heart. Well, hallelujah, you're coming aboard our show! Correct, Doctor. I have contacted Federal Headquarters and received back a telegram giving me official permission to restore my health. Let us therefore raise our glasses and my teacup of buttermilk and toast to the fact that this situation squarely falls within the jurisdiction of page 214, as I suspected. Cheers, gentlemen. And to make our barter deal legal-like, sign here. Thank you. Um, this appears to be a sheet of paper with a single line drawn across it. I wrote out our agreement specifically for you, Marshal. All legal and proper. Sign here. Am I to assume, Colonel Bucket, that this page is where I am in fact to sign my name? Very astute observation, Marshal Brown. That is correct. But this agreement appears to be only one page with nothing but a single line drawn across it. Yes, where you sign. Here, on the line. I don't mean to call into question your vast experience with the law, Colonel Bucket, but recollecting ever so fondly my youthful days at the Federal Justice Academy, I seem to recall that there is more to a contract than a single page with a line drawn across it. Well, yes, but I... Indeed, Marshal, you are correct, and as sharp as a hatchet, yes siree. But, you uh, see, um... Colonel Bucket done wrote out the rest of this year agreement in, um... Very fancy-like handwriting, and, uh... Right, and right, right, and the ink ain't quite dry yet, and, uh... Um, we ain't fixin' to waste valuable time and such a-waitin' for the dang ink to dry. Oh, no, no. Not when I could be, um, examining you and finding you a cure for hoofbeats in your heart, and, um... Right, right, right. We, uh, felt we should begin our agreement as soon as humanly possible before it's too late. And attend to those pesky details later. Yes, before it's too late. Um, before it's too late for precisely what, Dr. Blister? When that there hoofbeats in your dang heart is sort of beginning to get itself contagious and all spread out like around your innards, well, your life can snuff itself out. And it can surely happen to you any old time at all, Marshal. Just like that. Just like just like that. Do either of you gentlemen have a pen? Here, I you can use my pen. Thank you, gentlemen. I'll take, um, that one. <sighs> Doc, let us both raise a glass and drink to our bright futures as the good Marshal here affixes his name to the agreement. And here's to hoping we two hombres can be in cahoots for a long time, Colonel. I'll drink to that, Doc. And as I sign this document, 
I hope and trust that both of you will find my trustworthiness and honesty an equal to yours. <coughs> Why did you both spit out your... Did I say anything wrong, gentlemen? No. No, Marshal. You said something too dang right. Will, that there little line rider over yonder is a billing at me like a 700-pound hog and waving their kerchief sort of like they know me. I'm a-thinking we ought to fetch up here, Whipper Will, and give them a chance to catch up. Whoa, girl, whoa! Well, will you looky there? That hombre is a tearing up powerful fast and a heading straight this way. Howdy, stranger. You on the lookout for Ruby Buckaroo? I knew it. I knew I recognized that snakeskin lariat. Ruby Buckaroo, the bandit queen of the cowboys. Well, I'll be cow kicked if it ain't my old pal Cody Kayafi, the Canadian canary herself, and in person life. Well, don't you look fine and dandy, Ruby? Are you still raising the dickens around these parts? Not a heap of a bunch, just a drifting. My business done slowed down like molasses in January, but that's on account of difficulties with a lawman. Oh my. <laughs> it ain't like that. I done gone and got me sweet on the varmint. Sweet? On a lawman? You? Tell me it isn't as bad as... as hoofbeats in your heart. Yep. It was hoofbeats, sure as a mule's second breakfast. I was in a heap of bad way, Cody. Got to where I was falling off in my horse and such. So that's why I'm a-fixin' to clear out of this here territory and pick up my outlaw business where I done left it off at. It'll give me a leg up for to gettin' that there six-foot fiddle-headed Marshal Shiloh Brown out of my insides for good. You weren't meant to get soft on a lawman, Ruby. No, I got me too much tumbleweed in my blood to settle down. <laughs> but how's about you, Cody? You being the Canadian canary now, you're blowing in from a long ways off. What fur is bringing you down south to these parts? I signed a contract for a high-paying singing job. See? Here it is. Hmm, this here's a piece of paper with a line drawn across it. I ain't loaded down with a heap of fancy schooling, but this here contract looks a mite, um, uh, underfed. But I'm supposing it's all legal and proper-like. So's, are you working around these parts, Cody? I'm aiming to meet up with the two gentlemen who are doing the hiring in some place called... Lead Pipe Corners. Lead Pipe Corners? Well, I'll be sassified. Lead Pipe Corners ain't much more'n a saloon than a water hole. But you can ease up because it's two hoops and a holler in that direction where I just come from. The place where you left that marshal? Yep. And you can just wave howdy to that skeezik if you sees him. Tell him for me to keep his dang hoofbeats in his heart far away from Ruby Buckaroo, for I'm a force to take a poke at his snoot or something. He'll listen if he knows what's good for him, yes, sir. 
I'm a giving up my claim on them. You can have them, Cody. <laughs> now I'm going to quit airing my lungs so you can get a move on to that there singing job. Adios, Cody. Maybe our trails will cross again somewheres. I look forward to it, Ruby. Let's go, Whippoorwill. Come on, girl. We done finished up, Doc Blister. I'm much obliged to you young whippersnappers for to help and load up the show wagon, yes sirree. Right, with all that food and those provisions and such from your parents. And as I done promised you, children, as a fair trade for all them goods and for all your laboring, here are a passel of free tickets for tonight's Blister and Bucket highly first-rate traveling theatrical show. Scoot! Give them tickets out to all your parents and neighbors and friends with my compliments. Jumping jelly dogs, Doc Blister. Thank you kindly, sir. Come on, gang. Let's give everybody in town a ticket for tonight. Why'd you give those rascals tickets for tonight, Doc? We still need to hightail it straight away out of this town before they find out we ain't paying for any He's of these up there, Colonel. We got the wagon all loaded for us. And I was just a bartering by handing out show tickets. Never said there was going to be an actual show attached to them there tickets, did I? Fine. Now we got one more reason to clear out the lead pipe corners real fast. Our new singer should be riding into town shortly. Then we're finally on our way. Um, we're also awaiting on Marshall Brown and his master key. Whereabouts do you think he be, Colonel? Please, Dr. Blister, Colonel Charles Tucker Bucket, sir. Whoa, Acidophilus. Howdy, Marshall. We were waiting on you and a new singer we engaged, and then we're shoving off. That's what I meant to discuss with you gentlemen. I just don't know. Uh, what might you be just don't knowin' about, Marshal? This... this traveling show, Dr. Blister. Specifically, the Blister and Bucket highly first-rate traveling theatrical show. Now you just hold up there, Marshal Brown. Are you casting asparagus upon our totally above-board and well-established enterprise? Oh, no, no, Colonel Bucket, sir. No asparagus casting intended. You have misconstrued my wistful statement of... I just don't know. And just how should the Doc and I construe it, Marshal Brown? Don't forget we have a bona fide contract. I am fully aware of that. I have no problem with providing the long arm of the law in exchange for your medical services. It's just... It's just the other service you asked me to provide. Please allow me to relay a tale, gentlemen. Of me. As a young and impressionable young sprout, I harbored deep within my childish being and... An urge to be... To be... On the stage. There, I've laid bare my passionate desire. The stage. The years flew by quickly, as they tend to do when years take wing. And here I am. Today. You've offered me a part. In your show. With your offer. The proverbial fist of destiny is knocking upon my proverbial door. Yes? Who might it be who is knocking upon my proverbial door? Marshal Brown, it is your burning desire, Cody. 
My burning desire? The stage. Ye gods, the time has come. And yet I... I don't feel I am as... prepared as I should be. To step through the proverbial door and attain the uppermost rungs of the ladder of show business this quickly. I am but a simple but honest United States Marshal, gentlemen. And now to join you, Colonel Bucket, and you, Dr. Blister, two well-respected representatives of the highest order of entertainers and show folk. I... I can't do it. Are you telling me, and a doc, that you're not Colonel, gonna do- stand aside. I can handle this here situation. Marshal Brown, me and the Colonel, we have done partook in a heap of head scratching and heavy thinking and such about you. And we done decided amongst us that you're a worthy enough sort of feller for sure, Marshal. Worthy enough to welcome into the show business brotherhood with open arms. <gasps> to be considered for inclusion into the elite and exclusive society of the stage. However, before I cross through the proverbial door and gain my entrance into theatrical immortality, please tell me. Surely, Marshal, what? Tell me, what is the reason, the crux, the raison d'etre of your noble theatrical business and profession? Entertainment. Entertainment? Entertainment. That's all. Man tat tat, lanterns down, hoodie toot toot, curtains up, it's time presenting. Entertainment, that's all. Entertainment for all. The penny buys a back bench and five cents the middle row. A dime you sit in front, a quarter you're in the show. We give them entertainment, that's all. Entertainment for all. The hero faces danger and his faintest defeat. The villain so ferocious you'll hide under your seat. Till the curtain falls. Because it's entertainment. That's all. Ooh, la, it's entertainment. That's all. Entertainment for all Just listen to that singer Sing the saddest song she knows You'll drown out all the singing Cause you're blowing your nose We call that entertainment That's all Entertainment for all The mystical magician Weaves a spell that's unmatched Soon he waves his wand And poof his head is detached And grinning from the wall it's simply entertainment That you'll laugh so hard at all the jokes you hardly can speak And you can't stop until the show's been over a week But you'll feel ten feet tall Cause you saw entertainment Colossal entertainment The greatest entertainment 
Bravo! Bravo! Well, Marshal? Gentlemen, I am truly dazzled by the wondrous kaleidoscope of show business you have laid out before my eyes. I accept. Again. While at the selfsame time, I may attempt to blot out my ongoing amorous obsession with Ruby Buckaroo, the bandit queen of the... Whoa, Muskoka! Pardon me, gentlemen. I need your assistance. I am Cody Kayafi, the Canadian Canary. I am seeking out the blister and bucket Highly first-rate traveling theatrical show. Well, glory be. I'm a-thinking you done found us, little lady. You're speaking to Doc Blister himself. Glad to be finally a-meeting up with you. And I am Colonel Charles Tucker Bucket. Pleased to make your acquaintance, ma'am. Oh, pardon us for interrupting your story, Marshal Brown. Oh, this is Marshal Shiloh Brown? I've heard of you from my friend. Greetings. I am Cody Kayafi. Um, Marshall Brown? Cody Kayafi. You are simply radiant, Miss Kayafi, ma'am. I was asked to say hello to you from Ruby Buckaroo. Ruby. Who? Listen for episode three, Robbing and Heartthrobbing. Hoofbeats in My Heart for a Third Time was written, composed, and directed by George Zong and starred Marcy Mencotti, Edwin Wall, Noel Dupuy, David Elliott, and North Homewood, and featured Anna Maria Alvarez, Joe Kirk, Nico Gerentis, John Lee, K.J. Matheson, Isabel Quintero, Barbara Rosenblatt, Ed Rutherford, Frank Stacio, and Kevin Tice. Musical direction, Twitchell Pond and his Wild West Vaqueros. Recording engineers, Dave Langley and Haley Blomquist. Hoofbeats in My Heart for a Third Time was produced by Granville North Sheridan and Marcella Bernard for Headstall, Sir Single, and Cinch Productions.